On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food. What makes Smart Food so smart? It's Air Pop Popcorn, tossed in white cheddar cheese, only 70 calories per cup. A notorious black bag of popcorn deliciousness. You are what you eat. Welcome to the Smart Club. Shop now at snacks.com. Welcome to the WrestleWolf podcast brought to you by the Amaze Sports Podcast Network. I'm Damien Gibson. And I'm Paulie T. Damien and I are unapologetic pro wrestling fanboys here to give you our takes on the week that was in All Elite Wrestling. You can find me on Twitter at T and Damien on Twitter at Mr. Damien Gibson. And the podcast, WrestleWolf Pod. It was a huge week in AEW wrestling and also just in wrestling in general. Coming up, we've got news about Vince McMahon. Yes, you heard right. We're talking about Vince on our podcast, Jeff Hardy and Sasha Banks. Um, Also the best, worst and wait and see moments from big episodes of Dynamite and Rampage. Um, Let's get straight into the news, Paulie. What? the hell is going on at wwe this week do we want to talk about vince first well want to not really but i think we kind of have to uh because we uh are doing a pro wrestling podcast even though we this this isn't about all elite wrestling we can't hide away from the fact that this is big news um so there was a uh a wall street journal article during the week which um stated that uh, there's an investigation into the WWE CEO, Vince McMahon, about a $3 million settlement being paid to a former employee as part of a non-disclosure agreement after after an affair, basically, that he had with this former employee. Now, this former employee... Uh, was a paralegal. Uh, she uh, she was not on air talent, so you know, wasn't Paige. Um, and um, she was hired in twenty nineteen. Uh, originally paid a hundred thousand dollars, but increased to two hundred thousand dollars after the sexual relationship began. It's also been claimed in an email sent to the board, who is the board of WWE who's investigating this, that he, by he, I mean Vince, quote unquote, gave her like a toy to the head of talent relations, Mr. Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis. Now, John Laurinaitis is um, Brie Bella's, Brie and and the other Bella, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki Bella's uh, stepdad. <sighs> yeah. It's like, it's so gross. It's so gross. The, yeah. Um, it's, uh, this is, uh, I've heard that the stocks plummeted. Surprise, surprise. Um, and, um, it's it's hard to say what outcome I can realistically expect to 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 see from occur from this because hmm. there have been some pretty shocking scandals uh, in littered through the history of WWE. This is just the latest one, hmm. and he survived through all of them to this point. 
So will he will he stay um, or will he just, you know, be, be removed sort of officially but still control the strings and get the paychecks in the background? Yeah. Who knows? We'll I see. mean, at the, we'll at the moment there's a, um, an investigation by a private, um, uh, I was going to say equity firm, but that's not the right word, but a private uh, contractor group uh, on behalf of the shareholders. Um, so he's stepping aside while that happens. Stephanie McMahon, his real life daughter and on air daughter is taking over. So um, if share prices are falling and um, an investigation shows that there was a misuse of what is essentially public money um, over something so frivolous, I, I can't see I can't see a way forward for Vince to be. CEO of WWE Incorporated uh, moving forward. I just can't, you know, I, I just can't see that happening. Um, I could see mm-hmm. him still being involved in the company, but ultimately once you become a publicly listed company, it's not like Tony Khan at AEW where he owns the whole thing. So what, like, and Vince used to be that with WWE, but they're a proper company now. They have to comply with not just what are legitimate you know, federal laws in the United States, but also what is seen as good business by a large group of people, not just a couple of wrestling carnies <laughs> trying to run a multi-million dollar business. So um, I don't think things look particularly good for Vince. And it's not me trying to be hyperbolic, um, you know, like my feelings about WWE are pretty clear for anyone who's listened to this podcast. I'm not a massive fan, but um a lot of people work for that organization and so you wouldn't want things to just you wouldn't want the ass to fall out completely out of it so everyone's there's a whole bunch of people out of work which i've seen a lot of that on twitter um but it's you know again it's just another little piece that of um testimony to vince's character right you're damn right um do we want to move on? There probably isn't much else to say, right? Have you got anything else you want to say about? No, not really. It's um, it's just uh, yeah. Yet another example of the um, to to uh, illustrate the type of person that this uh, this guy is. Um, hmm. uh, I suppose we should we talk about Sasha next it's kind of Sasha and Paige because we didn't mention did we talk about Paige last week we did, yes, we, did yes. we did talk about it last week well another female wrestler has now not necessarily left just yet but her lawyers are negotiating for her release has that actually come through yet Paul do you know that uh, Sasha's release is look the news official? that I saw I didn't see anything that I would say it was 100% confirmed but um Considering it's it's coming out, I, I'd say um, it's probably uh, imminent. Yeah. Um, what a what a. Um, I mean, this has been really. I know there's been some issues between Sasha and WWE over the pandemic and and things like that, but this this feels quick to me. <laughs> like from the moment where Sasha and um, Naomi Naomi essentially put their belts on Vince's desk and walked out to Sasha leaving the company completely. Um, This seems like things escalated very quickly. Unlike someone like Mustafa Ali, for example, you know, he clearly indicated he had no interest in working for them and they would not budge Just say, no, we're just going to keep paying you, not let you go anywhere else. You're contracted. Yeah. Which, in comparison to, no, no offense to Mustafa Ali, but you would think WWE would want to hang on to Sasha more than Ali, right? I totally agree. She's she's a, a star and has very recognizable, you know, brand name quality to um to to keep for. Uh, I mean, she's got a. Uh, pedigree of um i don't know say it was 
like 15 different titles, I think. she. Oh, no, that's not right. It was um, – oh, well, she's won tag. She's won yeah. – oh, sorry, what I mean is title runs. Title runs. Yeah, she's yeah. had different types of titles um, and about that many times. Tag titles, NXT titles, uh, women's titles, um, and, and uh, multiple times. Let me ask you this. What is the likelihood of her coming to AEW? And if she does, would she fit in with what – Tony is doing with the women's division at the moment. Would her style of wrestling fit in with AEW? Would she be a good fit? Would it be a good decision for her to come across? Um, if all she those, all those questions. If she's released, uh, then you know, should there be no ninety uh, day non compete clause? I would say she will appear on the very next episode of Dynamite. Yeah, you reckon? Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, better hope MJF gets some of that Sasha Banks money before. <laughs> I hope MJF's not looking over Tony's uh, shoulder while he's transferring some funds. While he... <laughs> um, and I would just you want to be on the record that I think it would be a really stupid decision to not sign uh, Sasha or Mercedes, um, no matter how much I have um, butted heads with her and her fans about certain uh, ideologies about <clears throat> vaccinations and masks but um yeah as far as in ring i mean she's kind of the perfect person that they're looking for because she's probably halfway through her career even though wrestlers never retire we know that but like you know if, if we're being legit she's probably about legit boss um <laughs> we'd probably be she's probably about halfway through her career in ring she is absolutely sensational and she brings that star quality that, you know, we are going to talk about Tony Storm uh, in some detail later on, but it's outside of Britt Baker and Tony Storm, the women's division is missing that sort of pop star power and Mercedes would, or Sasha Banks would 100% bring that um, to yeah. the table, right? Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, it's um, it's going to be very interesting to see how these how this uh, pans out over the next couple of days because uh, I'm sure we'll see more news pop up pretty soon about yeah. this. Um, I wonder if Steph being CEO, even interim, could have a positive effect in the relationship between WWE and Sasha Banks. Well, I, I'd say it's um, it's a certainty. Uh, hmm. I mean... It, it, could be a real feather in Steph's cap if the first thing she does as interim CEO is get Sasha Banks back on WWE TV. You know, not mm. that I want to spend all afternoon talking about WWE, but just putting that out there. <laughs> um, imagine if uh, maybe the reason why, or some of the reason why Naomi and Sasha decided to um, lay down their belts and walk out was not uh, so 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 the um, the reason why was wasn't totally because they were upset about the creative direction but maybe they maybe they got word about this affair and they oh, thought yeah god yeah i really don't yeah. want to work for i don't really don't want to work for you <laughs> yeah i mean that would be completely understandable as well mm. um, anyway well, this is pure speculation yeah i have no reason to think this is any way in, in fact uh, but hopefully we see Sasha Banks in an AEW ring real soon. Um, yeah. Quickly going to talk about this. Uh, obviously, Jeff Hardy had another DUI um, arrest. Oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't gloss over it. I think we should we should cover this properly. And I think you're uh, you've got a you come from a, um, a a really good place to be able to give your your view in detail. So, oh, I do want to. Yeah, I do want to. You know, I mean, I've gone on some pretty big rants about Jeff on this podcast previously, so I just don't want to bring that um, <laughs> level of intensity because I want us to have a good time afterwards after I <laughs> say my piece. But, you know, obviously, I think if you follow wrestling, you know what happened with Jeff during the week. Jeff, um, you know, got arrested again because of uh, alcohol. Well, it was definitely alcohol in his system. I'm not sure what else. Um, I just, like, I saw the reason why I'm bringing this up um Besides the fact that it is news and it's, you know, it's sad, like it's sad news. Like it's, um, I was going to have it as my worst and then I thought, no, nah, we'll talk about wrestling. But I just do want to really 
harp on the point that this is, you know, there was a lot of noise on Twitter when this came out of like point scoring and finger pointing. Like this is Tony Khan's fault. This is Vince McMahon's fault. This is Matt Hardy's fault. This is like, um, you know, and then people really quick to lay the boots into Jeff. I can tell you from personal experience as someone who is a recovering alcoholic, no one who's in this situation feels good about themselves when all this shit is going down. No one wakes up that morning. Jeff didn't wake up that morning. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go to training. I'll hit the ring. And then afterwards I'll get out of my mind and I'll get arrested by the police. Like that's not, no one's planning to do that. These are side effects of someone who's in a lot of pain and needs treatment and everybody getting on Twitter and pointing fingers and having their two cents when they, when like the vast majority of people have no standpoint or no experience with any of this and are all coming from it from an inherently selfish point of view. I just think we all need to take a real step back when these sort of things happen. And I know that we'll have the finger pointed at us about talking about Vince and then saying this about Jeff. They're two completely different situations. When someone's mental health or just health in general is involved, like, you know, we talk about it, it gets brought up on things like podcasts, and then I think we just need to leave the people alone. When you just think about what Jeff's family's going through at the moment where this has happened again, what Matt Hardy's going through, you know, this was probably going to be the Hardy the Hardy brothers' last run, you know, and that's now on hold. I mean, Jeff is suspended from AEW. We don't know when he's going to be back. When should he be back? Should he ever come back to wrestling? It's obvious that like his problems do not align themselves well with the lifestyle of being on the road and being a wrestler, which is awful for him as a human being because that's his passion. That's what he loves to do. So there's all of these things going on. Tony Khan put his neck out to get someone across to a company that he adores as a fan and wanted to work with. So again, I don't think you know there's anything wrong there. To me, it looks like Tony's handling this um, as well as he can. It's pretty much the same way they handle things with Mox, just with a suspension on top of it, because obviously he's fucked things up for AW a little bit by his actions, uh, but he's not getting fired. He's not getting booted out of the company. But anyway, my, my point really is I'm not here to stand up for Tony or Jeff or, well, I, I am here to stand up for Jeff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, unless you've gone through it yourself, I don't think you can really understand how difficult these situations are, how much shame and guilt and stuff are associated with with when these things happen. Um, No one purposely went out of their way for this to happen. I know it gets in the way of some people's television watching for that week, but these are real human beings who are going through real-life shit, and I think we should all just shut the fuck up from time to time on Twitter when these things happen. Um, especially when it comes to WWE versus AEW. I mean, it's fun when we're talking about booking and who's going where and who's going, you know, like who's going from what company to 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 where. That's where we need to draw the line. Once we start talking about people's health and stuff like that, then I think it just needs to needs to end. It was really gross. It was a really gross, toxic place to be on wrestling Twitter this week. Um until the Vince news hit, and then thankfully, I think Jeff and Matt have probably got some respite because of that, which is kind of ironic considering <laughs> the, the thanks um, Vince, yeah, <laughs> considering uh, Matt and Jeff's history with Vince. But um, anyway, that's a rant. I know most people probably would have tuned out while I was doing that, but I just think like it just drives me insane, man. You know, like the the false equivalencies, the bad faith arguments, like it, it's. Um, it's childish. It's gross. It actually does damage to to people's well being. Just stop it. Okay, for those who don't know, I just want to go through a little timeline recap. Um, so, at the last AEW pay per view, which is double or nothing, the Hardys had a match against the Young Bucks. Good match, not amazing. But it turned out that early in the match, uh, after a kick to the head, kick to the side of the head, Jeff was knocked out, and he was just sort of, a, what he, what, in his words, he was a vessel re- receiving instructions. 
So people were just kind of like, you know, the, the, the Bucks and Matt were staying, you know, um, go over there. Um, okay, do a flip, whatever. Um, he doesn't remember the match. And after that, he was ordered to get a brain scan. Now, before this brain scan was planned, the this is this by the way i'll credit um uh brian alvarez from the wrestling observer um he uh said that be before the brain scan was ordered so before the injury in the brain scan the plan was that there was going to be a three-way ladder match between Jurassic express the hardys and the young bucks and the hardys were going to win that was going to be their last run after the brain scan was ordered the plan was that they would walk down the stage and then get attacked on the ramp and they were unable to compete so therefore it was going to be a a, a two-way match uh, like you know just a standard um well bucks versus dress express then he was on his way he was driving his car to the brain scan, to the appointment for the brain scan, where he was found driving radically, um, stopped by the police, tested and blew 0.294. That's a big night. Now, I reckon if I had two glasses of whiskey in my mouth... And then blew on a breath tester. I might get to two nine four. <laughs> like, uh, I, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah, then when that happened, um, they were pulled from the match completely. Yeah, of so course. They're um, and that alcohol rating just reiterates my point, man. That's not someone who's drinking for fun. You know, that's not someone who's going, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to have a couple of beers. That's someone who's trying to write themselves off with alcohol. You know, like that's yep. not, that's not pleasure. That's not drinking for pleasure. That's like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep drinking until I can't feel anything anymore. So anyway, um, it's a shame, man, because AEW were going to do the Bucks, not uh, the Bucks, they were going to do the Hardys right. And um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, eventually, <clears throat> Uh, Jeff's in a place where that can happen, but obviously the f- first and foremost, you know, he needs um, a lot of help. Obviously, so um, you know, I, I feel really so. You know, I feel sorry for Jeff, but I feel really sorry for Matt. <laughs> like, I really, really feel sorry for Matt. So, like, you know, because he was run his AW run had some highlights, but really was pretty pretty lackluster until Jeff came along and it just felt like this was going to be it. Yeah. Like even if Jeff didn't retire, Matt was definitely going to at the end of this run and, and maybe become a manager or whatever, but um, they're just too good a team to just fade away, you know? So hopefully Jeff can get the help that he needs and they can, they can have their last run. But anyway, let's get into some wrestling talk, try and lift the mood here a little bit in WrestleWolf Studios um, let's start with our wait and sees. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, Athena debuted. Um, I've already forgotten her previous name. Uh, <laughs> Ember Moon. Ember Moon. <laughs> Previously known as Ember Moon in WWE. And, um, as soon as she did, she, uh, was placed in a program, uh, well, she she was uh, positioned to be in a program with Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill is the TBS champ, and she is unbeaten at 33-0 now, as of today. Uh, she's been in the ring for run-ins. She's done promos. When I say she, I'm talking about Athena still. Um, but she has yet to have a match. Now, it's pretty clear that she's being um, set up to face Jade Cargill. And considering the amount of work that they're putting into the 
um, the, the, the planning for this program, uh, mm. it seems likely that at the next main event, well, the next pay-per-view is Forbidden Door and there are, that's not going to be there. So maybe it won't be at a main event because I can't remember what the next um, AEW main event is. Oh, sorry, pay-per-view. Could be at Blood and Guts maybe. There, okay, Blood and Guts is a um, is, is is a special event, Dynamite, which is happening soon. Yeah. Mm. So maybe, maybe it'll be there. So, yeah, I'm saying wait and see because um, I – Frankly, uh, uh, and and I, I, I mean, yet again, I've said this before, so uh, those who listen, sorry, I'm repeating myself. Uh, I'm a bit tired of Chage Cargill, and um, I, would, I would like to see something new happen there. So I, I really hope that they, they do push that and give us something um, fresh. And I don't even mind if, if you know, Jade um, gets a rematch and goes again. Um, at least they do something new. It's just a bit, it's a bit repetitive at this point. So mm. wait and see if we can get some, some, uh, positive outcome out of this program. Yeah, fair enough. I agree with everything you said. Uh, my wait and see is Orange Cassidy <laughs> going up against Will Offspray what? for the IWGP championship at Forbidden Door. Now, the guy with the sunglasses. The, at the risk of sounding <laughs> like the most fucking internet Twitter troll on the face of the planet, where like for two and a half years I've been like, Orange Cassidy should be in a championship race. Orange Cassidy should get a belt. And then the first moment he does, I'm like, Orange Cassidy shouldn't be in a championship <laughs> race. It just seems a bit weird. Like it just, it, like, I'm really looking forward to the match, but there is a part of me that is like, I feel like this is a, I think it's more about Will Ospreay for me than it is about Orange Cassidy. That like Will, like Cassidy hasn't been around, so he doesn't feel as big time as maybe he was around the time where he was main eventing with Jericho a year, year and a half ago. Um, And Ospreay feels big. Like Osprey feels like he is a big deal. And I mean, he does. He is. He's a star. He, he does. I, I mean, he is, but he also owns the second highest belt in New Japan wrestling. So it's a strange booking decision for me that Orange Cassidy is in that match. Mm, like if you like, re, like it'll be the second last match of the night, right? Going by oh. belts or maybe third last. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, third last and then AW Championship and then like IWGP or vice versa. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. It just I'm just waiting and seeing because, um, I mean, the promos are going to be good and the wrestling will be great, but it just because unless this is the moment where Orange isn't doing his shtick anymore, you know, in ring and actually is wrestling because – let me ask you this, Polly. Can Orange Cassidy go to the next level doing what he's been doing for the last, you know, three years in AEW and I can't see it happening. four or five years before that in the Indies? I, I can't I can't see it happening. Um, to, to, for me, seeing um, seeing someone like well, what are the big programs aside from you know, like you mentioned? Uh, he was up with um, with Jericho and the Mimosa and. The Jericho main event is essentially the big one that he's had. He's had some mid-card stuff, usually centered around the best friends. Um, But really, his single run, he's only really had one with Jericho. It's usually just comedy stuff. And his... um... Oh, he had a three-way with Kenny. Remember he had like a slight run-in with Kenny for a bit, but it was um, Kenny, Orange Cassidy, and Pac. At a at a full gear main event, yeah, right. maybe when Kenny was AW champion, so he's had two. I think he might have had two championship matches, but lost both. Hmm. Look, I, I, I'm 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 one who enjoys being surprised. So if that happens, great. Um, I know he's very talented, mm. um, and he's. Uh, he, he he can he's he's very um 
oh, how do I describe this? He's very, he's, he's, he, he knows how to move. No, <laughs> I wish yeah. I could, I wish I could put, I wish I could put this in more eloquently, but he knows how to move really well in the ring. Mm. He doesn't have very much power to his game though. Cause he's so slight. Yeah. Um, and then there's the fact that he relies on comedy so much. So you don't really sort of give him that credit as a, as a, as a hard hitter, as a, as a, as a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, look, happy to be surprised, but I'm, I, I don't, I can't, at this point I can't see it happening. Yeah. I would have given him a run with the TNT title when the, there was still a window to be able to do that. I think even now the card is too stacked. There's too many people ahead of him to even put him back into that pool and try and, you know, like, Wardlow's going into that, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky even. Um, Miro's probably going to be in and around there again. Um, you know, you've got a whole bunch of different guys who could be in and out of that. Anyway, look, uh, Orange Cassidy is not beating Will Ospreay at this pay-per-view. So it's, uh, not, no. it, it's not, you know, it's a fun wait and see, but it is a strange booking decision and one that I'm kind of, Surprised that New Japan were in on as well, unless Tony is just booking this and has carte blanche from from New Japan. Um, let's get into the worst. Um, did you want to go first with this one? Sure. Um, I see. I struggled this week to uh, to come up with any particular low light, um, particular highlight as well. I must admit. Um, anyway, <laughs> but I yeah I I. I was very disappointed at the way that the hair versus hair match uh, between Ortiz and Jericho, at the way that that finished. Um, So we had a, um, it it, it was, it was a pretty, pretty good hard hitting match. Um, It really seemed like uh, Jericho was going to be pinned, uh, was going to lose. And, and, you know, we see that amazing um, show stealing moment. Maybe that's why it was up first rather than, you know, near the end of the program. Anyway, I don't know. Um, but uh, then we had just silly ref um, distraction. Someone runs in from the crowd. Oh, it's Fuego del Sol. What's he doing? He's not a part of this program at all. He's not even related to any of these teams that are that are involved. He brings in a baseball bat. The ref doesn't see. He hits Ortiz. Runs out, Jericho gets the pin. Like, oh, really? <laughs> Your tone is perfect. Really? Yeah. This is the way we're doing this. It's just uh, that Fuego I, takes his mask off. It's Sammy, and it's not oh, Fuego. It's Sammy no. Sammy Guevara. Sammy's back no, in the Jericho Sammy. Appreciation God. Society. So, it's just it, look. It's very very WWE booking. Which mm. I was hoping not to see, having not decided not to watch that promotion anymore. Yeah, it does feel very sort of sports entertainment. Although they are the quality seal in sports entertainment. Um, I've been working on that impersonation. Uh, my worst is really nitpicking, um, and it was about twenty-five seconds of airtime. This is how hard I've had to look <laughs> for a worst. It was a good show. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of my favorite dynamites in a long time. I liked it more than last week, which was superb. So, yeah. like, it's another A plus. But I'm, you know, we're critics. So we're gonna find something to critique. Um, Hangman Adam Page came out, uh, was starting to begin to cut a promo, um, saying that he's a dickhead because he forgot that Okada was wrestling at Dominion, and now Jay White is IWGP uh, champion and. Uh, and before he could say anything else, Adam Cole comes out um, and then Jay White sneaks up behind Hangman, hits the Blade Runner. This is all great stuff. Jay White is doing his, I'm the last rock and roller, I'm the big dick swinger, I'm the blah, 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 blah. Uh, all the stuff we love from Jay White. And um, and then he basically says like, hey, I'm the IWGP champion. I will decide who's going to wrestle me at Forbidden Door and it won't be you pointing at Hangman and it won't be you pointing at Cole. This is all great. And then for some reason, Adam Cole's choice is to go full Abbott and Costello <laughs> with his facial reactions. And I, it's weird, right? Because Cole is not that guy. Cole is good. 
Cole is good at visual storytelling. Cole, good. Mm. And then this was Agreed. just a 30 second. It was just weird. Jay White went up the ramp, didn't acknowledge that Adam Cole was there, even though he'd just spoken to him, which I suppose was him being arrogant, you know, and it's all about it's the Jay White, it's the undisputed era, not the. Um, what's he? Hang on. I'm getting all the eras. Yeah, it's the Switchblade era, not the Undisputed era, or whatever. Oh, okay. Whoever's era it is, doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, it was just that 30 seconds where they just didn't stick the landing of this promo. It could have made it feel so big time, but Switchblade not paying. Like the choice that Cole should have made was anger, not disbelief. You know, like the mm. disbelief is a five second thing, and then it should be like, well, hang on, what the fuck? man i thought we were friends we had a deal here what the you know that's what should have been happening this should have been a push and shove or something it was just nothing it made cole look small both figuratively and um literally uh and a bit weak you know and i know they're trying to build up jay white but i don't know i just i went from oh my god this is the greatest thing of all time to this is a bit of shit. It this just so fun. happens at that at that time. I was I was looking at Cole on screen, just thinking, "Gee, you, he looks he looks kind of small. He looks mm. smaller than I thought he was." And I was thinking, because I'm a, I'm a I'm a pretty short dude, so I thought, "Is he like you know close to my height or something?" And I looked it up, and he's he's one eighty three centimeters, which is six feet tall. So he's not he's not short. He's taller than me. Much taller than me, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but he, but he he looked he looked really small. I yeah. don't know whether maybe it was Especially intentional. Jay White, like you know, <laughs> Jay White's not a huge dude himself. Anyway, it was weird. It was weird. Uh, let's do our best. Uh, maybe I'll do mine quickly first, and then because yours is actually much better than mine. Um, <laughs> The Young Bucks winning the Tag Team Championships was great, um, you know, obviously in difficult circumstances, but still I think there's something to be said about having the best tag team in the organisation as champions. It kind of hurts me to say that because I'm an FTR guy, but uh, the Bucks as champions, as heel champions, will be fantastic. And then that led to a Christian Cage heel turn, which if you haven't seen Christian as a heel before, oh, holy shit. You're in for a treat, my friends. Um, and uh, this is going to be lots and lots and lots of fun because Christian is so much better as a heel than he is as a face. Um, and he's pretty good as a face. But, yeah, he uh, – fuck, this is going to be fun. So I was very, very excited as the text messages to Paulie and Sir Kayfabe can attest to when Christian <laughs> turned heel. Um but let's go into your best, Paul. Oh, just, uh... just before I do, uh, I recommend to uh, anyone who's listening to check out. Um, there was there was a clip shared on Twitter and, and probably on YouTube as well of the um, the, the segment that happened just after uh, Dynamite finished, and um, it was Christian uh, approaching uh, Jungle Boy's mom Jungle Boy's and mom and sister in the crowd. Yeah, and uh, his sister slowly brings up the bird and flips it at him, and then you know basically says he's a he's an asshole or whatever, um, and uh, <laughs> and then he goes goes to to his to his jungle boy's mom. He's a piece of shit. You brought up a piece of shit. <laughs> it's so funny. He's such a dick. <laughs> such an idiotic thing to say to another human being. Your son's a piece of shit. You brought up a piece of shit. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Okay. My highlight of the week uh, was the match between Dax Harwood and Will Ospreay. These two are two of the best going around. A couple of chumps. <laughs> and every moment, every every throw, every spin, every twist, every every shot, every spot, every bump was just beauty it was just pro wrestling beauty now i wouldn't say it was a five-star match if they wanted to do a five-star match they would they would just do it but this was just a pleasure to watch from start to finish that's all i need to say is dax hardwood on a slow burn to being wrestler of the year (laughs) 
no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> man, he's having banger after banger, whether he's doing it with cash or not. I mean, it's hard. It, oh, I don't okay. know. Yeah, look, FDR have had some rocket matches. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's see where you come from. If Punk comes back and they become trios champions. Oh, my God. Then you've got to put Dax in the picture of wrestler of the year. Yeah, I, I obviously was creaming my jeans watching that match, <laughs> but I gave Paulie that one because, um, yeah, we're, we're mates. Uh, should we do our predictions do we want to recap our predictions from the week before do we uh, want to go through that walk of shame each yeah week? i think i think we have to so paul predicted that jericho would get his head shaved unfortunately that was not correct maybe we should keep a scoreboard is this going to get that weird if we because <laughs> i know we could both be slightly competitive yeah, it's, it's going to it's going to be zero for a very long time i'd say <laughs> yeah well that'll be funny that'll be a funny recurring bit so let's do that uh, and, so, and my score for the week drum roll <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero. Well, I don't know whether to give myself a point or not. I don't think I can because I my degree of difficulty was I had like nine things happening <laughs> and only one of them came to fruition, which was that Jay White would be IWGP champion. But I had a whole bunch of other things happening that like Hangman Page would beat Adam Cole in a match that was supposedly meant to be happening. Uh, and then uh, that Cole would be wrestling Okada and it's been announced that Okada's not coming to Forbidden Door. So. Oh, he's not? Oh. Well, it was mentioned on AEW. When I say announced, uh, Adam Cole said, well, Okada's not even coming to Forbidden Door, you idiot. Right. Uh, to Hangman. So, look, it could still happen. It would be a bit of a shame if we weren't getting that quality, you know, like a card, like the Rainmaker. And Is um, is there anyone big enough left on AEW now that Danielson's probably going to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. Um, like in a technical wrestling masterclass? Um, and Punk's out. And Kenny's out. So is anyone mm. big enough to, to justify a Nakata match? I would have liked to have seen either Cole or Hangman go up against Okada. I think mm. that would have been great. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, look, I'll give myself a zero on that one because I bit off more than I can chew. So we're both on zero each <laughs> for predictions. My prediction for... Um, well, I, this isn't going to happen this week, is it? Uh, your prediction? No. Uh, it, it's going to be on uh, Monday week. Monday week. So it's going to be after the next uh, after our next recording. Uh, well, bugger it. I'll just put it in there anyway. Uh, I think Tony Storm's going to win the AW belt at um, a Forbidden Door. Well, I um, don't. <laughs> <laughs> now um just looking at the the history of the uh champions of the women's division mm-hmm. um the first was Riho and she had the belt for 133 days second was Nyla heel champion she had it for 101 days Third was Hikaru Shida during the pandemic 372 days so you know weigh that into your considerations third was uh sorry fourth was uh baker Britt baker and she had it for 290 days mm. fifth is under rosa and she's currently had it for 92 days now she's defended against well let's see um last week was marina shafir mm-hmm. and let's not get into that because there's been all sorts Silly discussions about that lately, but anyway. Um, then prior to that was Serena Deeb at mm. Double or Nothing, which was mm. an A-plus amazing wrestling match. Um, yeah, I didn't see too many. I didn't see too many allegations of sandbagging in that match. Mm. Um, Did anyone know the term sandbagging until this week? By the way, well, I didn't. And it's funny, uh, it's it's an interesting coincidence, actually, since that, that, that came out, because just before the Thunder Rosa-Marina Shafir match happened on Dynamite, I w- said to my wife, who was sitting next to me, 
Oh, great. Now we get to watch Thunder Rosa wrestling a bag of potatoes. <laughs> and, and we and, talked about how much we loved the match last week as well, yeah, and then right. just blew up out of nowhere. Yeah, like, exactly. And Thunder I was Rosa's the worst wrestler in the world. I was completely wrong because Marina Shafir, I thought she did really, really well. Um, uh, it was it was uh, much better than I expected from from uh, the up and coming wrestlers in the women's division. Um, but just the fact that I happened to make that reference to a bag of potatoes, and then Thunder Thunder Rosa was claimed uh, was was apparently sandbagging. So yeah, whatever. Um, so who else? Who else has she actually had? Um, has she has she defended her title against? Uh, neither Rose, neither, neither Rose. Rose. Yeah, so three title defenses, three title defenses in three months. Hmm. Uh, is that it? Yeah, I think so. There might have been another one or two in there. But I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Well, look, I just because of the way that um, AW is booked, and we know that um, it's all. Uh, you know, signed off at the end by uh, by Tony Khan. Um, I know you listen. <laughs> um, so the way that Tony books his books his matches, and in particular books his champions, is um, with a sense of um, stature, credibility about them. So you know they don't get in there, have two defenses, then lose, uh, and. I don't know why she hasn't had more defenses against top quality opponents. She should have, but the fact is she hasn't and she deserves it because she's a freaking good wrestler. Hmm. And she, um, she had really good matches against Britt Baker, really good unsuccessful matches against Britt Baker and, and, and other wrestlers, but particularly Britt Baker while Britt was champion. Uh, Leading up to the to, to her eventual victory, uh, there was um, you know the, the 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 one that everyone remembers the uh, the lights out match, which you know didn't count to a um, it didn't count towards anything because it was a un, unsanctioned lights out match. But you know it really it really put her on the the top level of mm. of the uh, the women's division there, um, and I don't I don't see at this point that Tony's been given, Tony Storm's been given that stage yet to present her as a viable champion. Um, she's had this one victory against Britt Baker this week uh, in on Dynamite, which was very well booked. I think it was, that should have happened. Um, we don't need to have Britt shove down our throats as much as we have in the past. And Tony needs a chance to be presented as a as a viable alternative, but it's just it it doesn't it doesn't seem doesn't seem right to me. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, and what's your prediction for? Okay, look, this might be a bit repetitive, but um, I know I got it wrong. I said I said Jericho was going to be the. Uh, the, the dude who would lose the hair versus hair match and get his head shaved. He did not because of the stupid run in that was part of my worst. Um, but I still think that it's on the cards. I think it's, I think this was a little delay tactic. I think this was um, a, um, a decision probably, probably par partly uh, in, in influenced by uh, Chris Jericho's, suggestions booking um uh input from from him to for tony he said oh, look, all the fans know that uh, they've they've worked it out they 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 think you know they've seen they've seen the they've seen the bald spot they've seen me react and get all angry about people saying that i you know would look like steve austin if i had a bald head and all that kind of stuff so let's just swerve him let's just make you know we're not going to do it this week in the hair versus hair match that's that was just that we just just let's just mess around with them but then, because this program has been building and building and building for a while, this real Eddie Kingston versus Jericho um, um, re re retaliation payback. Um, revenge. Revenge. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> revenge angle um, mm -hmm. has been building for quite some time, and it's going to continue through um, 
Forbidden Door because they're doing a three versus three tag match. Um, I would say that at Blood and Guts, which is the um, which is uh, happening next week, next 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 Dynamite, that uh, it will be um, Kingston getting the pin on Jericho, and to rub it in, he will cut his hair off. So. Sorry to be repetitive, but I, I really no, no. think I really think it's right. <laughs> I think you're right as well. Um, shall we quickly do our spot of the week and then let yeah. our listeners get back to their day? <laughs> uh, well, for this one, um, it's going to be very really easy for you, you, you folks, to find it because it was actually the last spot that happened in the week of AEW programming. It was right at the end of the main event of uh, Rampage, and uh, I think this, was the, this is the first time that I've ever seen Bobby Fish in a main event. Anyway, um, and it was Bobby Fish versus Darby Allen. It was there was a there was a um, a sequence of moves that it just blew me away. It was very very impressive. Uh, so I'm just going to grab my notes here. Okay, so um, Bobby Fish lifted Darby Allen up onto the uh, top rope in the corner, flipped him over into a an avalanche falcon arrow top rope superplex. <laughs> then um, he got a two count, uh, like man- man- managed to hold him for a pin uh, attempt, got a two count there. Uh, Darby Allen um, uh, got out of the, you know, the move, but because uh, then uh, Bobby Fish instantly mo- uh, transitioned into an ankle lock onto Darby Allen, which then Darby Allen reversed into what they called a last supper where he was like a, a grabbed Bobby Fish's foreleg, twisted it and then fell back and managed to pin Bobby Fish's shoulders. So this sequence I just thought was really, really impressive. Go and watch it. It only lasts for about 10 seconds. Great. Yeah. We'll put a link in the, um, in the show notes as well. It's a little difficult to find actual cut highlights of that, but I have been putting the links to the, highlights packages for each match that AEW themselves put up. So it's, um, you know, nothing nothing untoward. It's all copyrighted and good and Tony will be happy. And anyway, um, I think we can leave it there. That's all the news that's fit to print. Thanks to the Amaze Network for hosting and supporting us. And also thank you for listening. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can rate and subscribe. Uh, until next week, may your wrestling be good wrestling. And we... Don't talk about Cody. Don't, don't, don't talk about Cody.